Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The summer is behind us already. How did that happen? And I'm sure we can agree it's been the strangest one ever. Thankfully, we have the return of football to provide much needed normality as the nights draw in. To celebrate this, Beer 52 are generously offering free beer to you while watching your team from the comfort of your home. They are offering eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash city. That's beer52.com forward slash city. And just cover the five ninety five for the postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every month. Every month's case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea and all over the USA and Europe. As an independent British company, Beer 52 are passionate about the UK craft beer scene, which they continue to support during this difficult period. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. Don't worry though, if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash city to get your first case of eight beers for £5.95. That's www.beer52.com forward slash city. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams... Niche nonsense or surprisingly brilliant? You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish Football Podcast now adapted into a hit. 
TV show. Search the Terry Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Welcome to the Man City Show. This is Anthony Newgrosh in the chair tonight, sitting in for Nigel Rothband and desperately trying to fill his size 18 shoes. City are back though, and joining me through the blue thick ether tonight, I'm delighted to welcome three guests, the perfect blend of middle age and experience. We've got Dave Hodgson. Hi, Dave. Good evening. How are you? Um, well, thank you. We've got the very lovely Sarah Messenger. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Tony. Hello. And we've got Nick Goldstone. Welcome back, Nick. Hi, Tony. So, after three, what's been, in all seriousness, three very difficult months, but enough about Liverpool winning the league, City were back last night in what felt like a must-win game. Nick, how was it for you? Oh, it was um, kind of more of the same, really. It was lots of lots of questions, more questions than answers, I guess, really. Great performance first half. Dropped off second half, looked a bit dodgy. Could have gone, could have gone a bit pear shaped. Didn't came out the other side, got three points. Job done. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably about right. Sarah, was it good to be back? It was. I mean, if you, if you, the dangers of being on Twitter too much is if you, if you are, you'd have thought last night we were candidates for relegation, judging by uh, the pessimism of an, a, a lot of City fans, but. I mean, you know, Nick's right. We played really well in the first half. I thought that was the best half of football we played for a good 18 months. Um, second half was, you know, not as uh, not quite as inspiring and slightly more nail-biting. But, you know, in a way, I was pleased that we actually got through it, got a goal at the end and didn't capitulate like we did in some of the games we lost last season. And Dave, not an easy place to go to first game of the season. Were you uh, generally pleased with the performance? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I personally have this marked on my cards as one of the toughest games of the season. I always think Wolves are one of the sides who are best placed to exploit some of the frailties we often exhibit. And I have to admit, when I saw the team sheet, I really didn't know which way it was going to go. Because, you know, when you saw the sort of 11 players listed there, it was very difficult to call the formation. Sometimes this can be a pet masterstroke. Other times it can be one of those situations where no one really knows exactly what kind of role they're filling. But, you know, I, I looked at the performance last night and I just sort of thought people knew what their remit was. There was that sort of beautiful fluidity that we sometimes have that really enables us to use space well, stretch the opposition and take our chances. And, you know, I was really impressed with how we set up. I thought, um, you know, it was a really good tactical display, you know, in games where, you know, we maybe have more established roles and, you know, players like David Silva, who we've lost, you know, would occupy those roles. Of course, we had a lot of players out as well. But, you know, the players we had had clearly demarked roles, but were able to use their creativity and we were able to really exploit that space. And that, in turn, meant that Wolves couldn't get their most dangerous players on the ball. Yeah, no, I thought we were great last night. But it's interesting you mentioned about the formation. I think some of it may have been forced on Pep because of the injuries and we'll, we'll maybe come back to that. But Nick, what, what formation was it in your mind last night? It, well, I don't think it was quite the classic Pep 4-3-3, was it? Oh, I don't know what formation it was, to be honest with you, Tony. It was just, um, it was probably the only 11 that he really had available, pretty much. I mean, the bench was a little bit sparse. There were a few uh, lesser-known names uh, sat on the bench. Um, look, I, 
I don't think it's about formation or tactics game to game as much as as much as some other things with with Pep and, and his team. I think it's about intensity and I think it's about energy and desire. Um, and I thought we showed it in the first half, certainly last night. Uh, and uh, you know, it's 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 telling really that it was almost a surprise. I guess to many people that we we really shot out of the blocks and we certainly performed far far better than uh, many other teams have done in the past few days in their opening games of the season, um, and that was pretty uh, positive. Um, but you know we came out second half and and we were we were certainly less less good and less on it, and I think that. At 2-0, some of the players, I think, probably thought the game was, was done and dusted. Um, and, and that showed. So, you know, there's a lot to be... There's a lot, there's, there's a lot that one could, could talk about tactics and formations and this, that and the other. You know pretty much what you're going to get from Pep most of the time. Um, and it's, it's, as I say, it's more about performance and intensity than anything else for me. Mm-hmm. And great performance and intensity from where I was sat. But, but Sarah, picking up on that, we had Dino back in his rightful place in midfield alongside Rodri, it, it seemed. Is that, you think, a formation we might see a bit more of to give us a bit more solidity, certainly away from home? Well, I think when we first saw the team sheet and then looked at the, the, the fact that we were playing two different, well, in notionally defensive midfielders, I think there was. I mean, I certainly thought, hmm, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. You know, in the past when Gundogan's played with Rodri, that hasn't always gone to plan and it creates some scepticism among some City fans. But actually, what I thought was really clever about it was that you, you, it, it gave Fernandinho more freedom to do some of his long bursting runs, which, of course, he can't do quite with the intensity he used to do 10 years ago. But I thought, actually, they played really well together. I thought Aki played well for his debut at the back. I thought Stones played well. Look, they weren't perfect. I made the mistake of tweeting that Mendy was having a good game, and then he consequently got skinned about three times in the second half. So, you know, Nick's right that we shouldn't be complacent and think it was all perfect, because it wasn't. But I think for a first game back, when inevitably the fitness isn't at peak condition, I was just really pleased with the intensity they came out with. I think that sent a message that they're serious and they're not, you know, they don't want to make the mistakes they did last time and drop silly points in games where, you know, for all of Wolves' quality, if we're going to be champions again, we should be winning at Wolves. And we did. We certainly did. And and Dave, I don't know if you want to expand upon the first half. I thought we played some beautiful football. And as we've said, the intensity, the movement, it was just such fluidity. How, How good was that to watch? It was brilliant to watch. And, you know, there's a couple of things I've maybe sort of touched on that were real things that, you know, Nick's entirely right in his diagnosis that, you know, you do sort of know what you're going to get with Pep in terms of when we're on the ball. And, you know, maybe off the ball, it's a slightly different story. But, you know, on the ball, we created, you know, we were at our very best. And the ways we do that is make sure that Kevin De Bruyne can get into those half spaces, can pick the ball up, can move it forward, can spread the play and can effectively dictate everything. I mean, when you've got two holding midfielders on the pitch, you really should be expecting that they're going to give him that, the freedom to do that. And that worked really well. And the other thing I'd maybe want to flag that I think was sometimes a bit of an issue for us last year. And, you know, as good a player as he is, when we have Mara's playing on the right, 
often we can be a bit one-dimensional because you know he's going to cut in. He's very dangerous when he does, but sometimes that means that you know players can predict a little more what's going to go on with the space. Foden doesn't do that. Now, Foden can drop in. He can stay wide. He moves around a lot more. And, of course, we all know how uh, dangerous Sterling's movement can be. So I think the combination of having those two holding midfield players there and those two wide players, or notionally wide players, really allowed for De Bruyne to manipulate space. The Wolves players didn't really know if they were coming or going. And I think that's what enabled us to play the sort of beautiful football we did. We created some good chances and we, you know, we took a couple, maybe we should have taken a few more, but I think that was a really good recipe for that. It's clear that the priority last night was to make sure that um, Kevin De Bruyne was able to run the show and we did everything to give him the tools he needed. So that was just really good to see. Yeah, no, a great start to the season, I think. An absolutely great start to the season, I think. Unless anyone's going to disagree with me, would everyone say K- KDB, star man last night? Any dissenting views, left team? No, I'll take I, that I, then. I, okay, I, who else impressed Go on, then. <laughs> well, well, I, just, I thought... Sorry, Go on, I was going to say Carl Walker. I thought, I, I thought Carl Walker had a great game. Um... I thought Micah Richards had a great night as well. But other than that, yeah, no, I'd certainly <laughs> give it to KDB. I, now, I think, you know, the, uh, in the studio. Go on. I think the point on Ake as well is a, is a very good point. You know, he came in and had a really good defence, a uh, really good start in defence. And in the first half, you know, we did see that really good front foot defending where both him and Stones were coming out well and dealing with things. And, you know, I think... Um, Again, Stones, you know, had a better game than some of the times we've seen him. And I think, you know, props to him for all the uh, difficulty he's got. The fact that he did turn out a decent performance with some mistakes in there. But, you know, again, you know, big, big props as well to Pep for, you know, giving them the cover they needed to make sure that they weren't left exposed by the likes of Triore, Pedense. Because, you know, Wolves have a very dangerous front line. And I think we had some very good performances to make sure that they weren't able to get in the game. And that came from both defence and midfield. OK, so let's let's talk about that centre-half pairing then. We had Ake making his debut. We had the much maligned John Stones back. Sarah, how do you think they did? Were they, were they COVID secure? <laughs> what is COVID secure these days, Tony? Well, Does anyone know? They were, Does anyone know? They were social... No. They, on, yeah, they were, well, thankfully, they weren't socially distancing. There weren't great big chasms between them that um, the opposition could run through, at least not in the first half. I, I thought, I mean, I, let's do Aki first. I thought it was a really assured debut. Um, you know, he did a couple of good interceptions. He did a couple of good blocks. He, at no point did he have me having kittens when he had the ball. You know, his distribution was fine. He did, um, you know, a couple of good forward passes. I thought it was a really solid... I think he's a better defender than people give him credit for, actually. So I'm, I'm optimistic. And the fact that he can play left-back as well, which uh, may not be his preferred position, but it's very useful to have up our sleeve. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm pleased for John Stones because he wasn't immaculate, but he was a damn sight better than he's been in a lot of games. And we all know football is a lot about confidence. And... I wonder whether him not being the new boy last year and having a new boy next uh, last night and having a new boy next to him uh, and the sense of a fresh start made a real made a real impact on him and I, I thought he played I thought he played really well so yeah I've, if, they, if that that pairing appears on the team sheet again as it inevitably will into one game or another this season um, I won't be frantic about how many goals we're going to concede. 
you can quote me on that when we're 4-0 down at half-time. <laughs> OK. Hopefully we'll have Laporte back, and I think most of us would agree he's yeah. our, our first-choice centre-half. Nick, where do you stand on this uh, debate about having two left-footed centre-halves if him and Ake are to form a partnership? Do you think that could work? I couldn't give a monkey's about it, Tony, to be honest with you. But to be, uh, I, I, I think that the first thing is that, that Ake is going to Ake is going to um, benefit uh, over the coming weeks and months every time he plays with Stones and or Mendy because um, giving goals away with that with those two in the team is is likely to end up with one or both of them getting the blame because that's just the way things are, rightly or wrongly. Um, I thought that Ake had a good game yesterday uh, as, as a debut. He seemed to have slotted straight in. I think he's young enough and probably sort of uh, the fact that he's come from a um, inverted commas smaller club um, means that he's He's a little bit in awe, I think, of, of City and Pep and the, the squad that he's joined and he's going to learn and he's going to absorb it all and he's going to do the best that he possibly can. And I, and I thought that came through last night. Uh, he had a very decent performance. John Stones did very well first half and then, you know, second half, was he was he slightly less good? It's difficult to say because, you know, the, 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 probably the five or six players playing in front of him just sort of melted away for for 25, 30 minutes in the second half. So our back four was under significantly more pressure, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're, they're to blame. And it goes back to the point I probably made at the beginning, which is that it's a bit more same old, same old from City yesterday. The personnel were predominantly the, the same. The performance was predominantly the same. We all know how good they can be, but we all know they can also be vulnerable. Um, and I think, if anything, from what I what I took from last night was, you know, there's nothing radically different about uh, about City this year than there was last year. And frankly, it's radically different from from to to. Uh, yesterday compared to what about about six weeks ago <laughs> that's all that's all that it is um, so okay. uh, you know we shouldn't expect we shouldn't expect much to change it's all, it's all about for me the level of performance uh, from one game to the next as to how we're going to do this year okay thanks for that Nick well we are City fans so we have to have a bit of negativity in here Dave any who who, who weren't you overly impressed with last night? So I had a little bit of um, hope for Mendy um, going into this game, partly because I think he'd really suffered last year when Laporte got injured, that he was often, you know, on the le- you know, at left back and the covering defender for him would be a right footed centre back. And maybe that would leave him that little bit more exposed. I thought maybe with Ake around, he'd be a little bit more um you know, maybe it would be less um, clear when he'd been left exposed. And certainly at the start, I was kind of thinking, you know, the positions he was taking up further up the field, maybe that was giving him a bit more confidence. 
And I am being harsh here because when you've got a player like Traore up against you, you know, you could have, you know, Paolo Maldini at his pomp and, you know, he's still going to cause you problems because he's just that bit quicker than everyone else. And Mendy, I don't think, did a terrible job, but there were still instances which showed me that he doesn't have, say, the, um, the ability to defend strongly and get forward um, as emphatically as Kyle Walker does. And, you know, that was, you know, really the remit for which he was bought and he's still struggling to hit that. I do think it will be interesting to see when Cancelo gets back, whether he takes back the left-back spot that he'd sort of been occupying during lockdown. Um, so, yeah, during the sort of tail end of last season. And I think, um, you know, that's something that Pep's going to be looking at a little bit closer. Um, and again, you know, I think that's going to be something that's, that's a focus. That, you know, defensive reinforcements, I think, are still going to be on the agenda. And I definitely don't think there was enough in that game to make that, um, make that um, sort of change. Okay, thank you. Sarah, how did uh, the often maligned Gabriel Jesus do for you last night? Well, we've had the debate about Gabriel so many times, haven't we? And, and I'm a fan of his, and I'm in the camp that his work rate is underrated, that actually his goal return is not poor for a, a striker. Um, and, in fact, it's, it's pretty good if you look at the stats. Um, but there remains this frustration that he misses chances that he shouldn't miss. Um Look, you know, if you add in his work rate and then you get the fact that he scored a goal, albeit at the very end, which meant the last 30 seconds weren't a complete nightmare for us, um, that's, for me, that's a good performance from a striker, a goal and a, a heart, a, you know, a, a decent amount of work. Uh, why he still gets caught offside more than any other player I've ever seen, I don't know. Um, you know, surely to God they practice and work on that in training, but... Maybe that's the nature of his game. He lives on the edge, he plays on the edge. You know, you reap benefits from that when it works, but you have to accept that he will get caught offside more than uh, uh, many other strikers. But, yeah, I, I thought Gabriel Jesus played well. OK, thank you. I thought it was good to see Edison as well. Didn't name any of his defenders. Not surprising uh, Garcia wants <laughs> to leave, really, is it, after what he did to him? Um, but let's just finish with what listen three good points i think we'd all agree one one comment that really resonated with me last week by our good friend john stapleton was not the fa- is yes we all know these are difficult times and we can't go to the games but just your thoughts you know this whole match day experience we're all missing at the moment it's not always been about the results we wouldn't have stuck with city for 40 years if it was how different did it feel for you all just the fact you couldn't plan going to the game, et cetera, et cetera. Nick, you're a season ticket holder. How how different is this season feeling for you? Uh, well, I, I have to say, I, 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 I think you've got to look at it positively. And I, I, I'm, a, I'm a long distance season ticket holder. I live in North London and it's, a, it's an 11 hour round trip for me to go to a game. Um, and I go with my dad and one of my kids normally. It's it's a great day out. We love it. But, you know, looking on the positive side, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And um, what I'm going to do is enjoy the break from going to the games. I'm going to enjoy the effect on my wallet from not going to games. <laughs> and I'm going to look forward to when we can go back. Uh, because it will be a fantastic um, experience when we get to do it again. 
Thanks, Nick. And on that positive note, let's take a quick break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Okay, welcome back to the Man City Show. Great performance last night. Let's look ahead now. Um, if we may, the fixtures come thick and fast. We've got Bournemouth um, in the League Cup or Carabao Cup. Dave, um, we've already got a horrendous injury list at the moment. What sort of team do you think Pep will be putting out on Thursday night for that one? Well, Pep's been indicating that he's going to be um, probably looking more to the academy for this one. And, you know, as, as I've mentioned on this show before, you know, I completely agree with him. I think that, uh, you know, you may as well melt the Carabao Cup down for scrap. I don't necessarily think it's got any great value to us. You've won it three times in a row. So what? You know, it's not a trophy of all that much significance. But what we really want to be doing now is seeing, you know, what these youngsters can do. Give them a chance. I mean, Bournemouth are always a side who, you know, under Eddie Howe, were very up for uh, coming out and giving you a very good game. I imagine a lot of that's um, still going to be there, and they are a, a you know, dangerous side who can who can give us um, give us a bit of a game. But I'm I would be very pro seeing us save our uh, limited resources at the moment for the games that are going to come thick and fast in the league, and of course the Champions League when that gets going again. And you know, use our use this opportunity to give a chance to you know your uh, your, your Tommy Doyles, your um, Taylor Hartwood Bellises, and you know, let's see what some of these some of these youngsters can do in a you know in a bit more of a high profile game. Sarah, I love I, the League Cup. What about you? I, well, I, I love it when we win it, and I, I mean, Dave's spot on. I mean, he is going to play academy players unless he was uh, pulling our leg last night, and I think he should. And I. You know, I think I think for the past few seasons, City have the mentality that we should aim to win every competition that we're in. That's fine, but actually, the Carabao Cup does disrupt our season somewhat. You know, you miss a, at least one or two midweek breaks in the run-up to Christmas. You end up with a game in hand if you get to the final, which we have done for three years running. That you know can be a bit of a problem when you get towards the tail end of the season. I suspect that he will be happy if the team he puts out wins, but won't be devastated if we go out early this season. So with that in mind, I think it's it's the right decision. If we win, great. I don't think many City fans will be gutted if we don't. So uh, let's see how the, how the... I'm looking forward. Hopefully, he's going to play Liam Dillap, so I want to see how he does up front. Yeah, looking forward to that mm. too. Nick, how concerned are you with our list of injuries after just one game of the season? Uh, I think the I think the whole um, the whole league is going to uh, 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 to suffer more injuries than normal this year. 
with a short break in between seasons and obviously all the the difficulties and the the bubbles and the lockdown and God knows what else. Um, you know, it's difficult for us at the moment. I think we've got to I think we've got to really, really um push to get the best results that we possibly can and scrap things out over the next two, three weeks or so and get some of the big names back. Um, but there's going to be a lot of levelling up, I think, this season for various reasons and injuries and illness and COVID and whatever is going to be, it's going to be a big, big uh, factor. I think it's not going to just be confined to the next uh, few weeks. I think it's going to go on for most of the season, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a problem, isn't it, Dave? Do you think we might even see Otamendi in a city shirt on Thursday night? Well, I, I do sort of. I would be quite surprised if we do. You know, I, I think Pep may have um, potentially learnt some lessons about the incident with Sane in the Community Shield. Um, I think it was last year, and you know, given as a supposedly a deal in the offing for. Um, for um, Otamendi to go back to Portugal um, with Porto, which I believe he played for much earlier in his career. Um, you know, I don't think that they'll necessarily want to risk injury and stop that deal going through. Um, I, I wouldn't imagine he would play. Um, I think it will be a chance for some of the youngsters to come through. I'm wondering whether at the back you'll see um, the the man whose name I can never pronounce is Adara Bio and uh, Taylor Hartwell oh, Bellis, and I think that will be quite interesting to see. Yes. I mean, there was, to be fair, a bit of Otamendi-esque defending last night, wasn't there, for the first penalty? I've never seen such a blatant decision in all my life. It was like he was playing musical chairs or something, the uh, <laughs> the Wolves defender there. It was, was quite extraordinary, wasn't it? But uh, we'll take them all the same. On that note, actually, I want to give a thumbs up to VAR last night. I thought um, for our second goal, was a marginal offside. Um, I thought we're in for a long wait. It seemed to go straight through. Uh, Nick, does it seem to be working better for AR generally for you? I mean, I know Rothband hates it, but while he's not here, let's let's just see if we can persuade our lovely listeners that it's improving and worth keeping. Uh, not especially. Uh, I mean, we didn't uh, we didn't have any um, any uh, issues with it in our game last night. In fact, neither side did, um, but. You know, it's already. Well, it was very tight for the offside for the second goal, and I was always expecting them to check. That is the point I was making, and they they didn't spend five minutes agreeing that that um, um, we were yeah. there. So, well, I, I guess that we should. Very well. I guess we should be pretty pretty thankful for the fact that they didn't cock it up in any way last night, but. Yeah, it's just another factor that's going to that's going to continue to level things up. I think this year, you know, you're going to get some very strange, very very marginal decisions that um, turn games, and we've already seen three or four of them in the opening week of the season. Uh, it didn't happen to us this week, but it'll happen to us if not next week, then some other time in the future. And there's not there's not a lot you can do about it. I'm not, I'm not a fan, as, and I never will be. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, on, not, I'm not quite as pessimistic about it as, as Nick is, because, look, you know, I was quite in favour of VAR and was proven dreadfully wrong last season with the way it all panned out. Uh, I assumed it would get rid of clear and obvious errors. Well, how naive was I? Um, 
uh, you know, on the other hand, I think if you take out this ridiculous handball rule that everybody's slating at the moment, which thankfully didn't play out for us last night, if you take those decisions out of it, actually, I think in the first two match weeks of the season, VAR has been seen to make help make the right decisions. You've seen referees go into the screen, which is what they should have been doing last season. Um, and where they have changed their mind as a result of going to the screen, it seems to me that that has been the right thing to do. So, I mean, look, it's early days, but if it carries on like that, maybe VAR will play an important role in making sure that decisions are right rather than some of the farcical situations we had last year. And, and maybe that Sterling one last night was a good example of them not getting embroiled in debates about millimetres, but rather actually making a sensible judgment about offside in the, in the spirit of the game. Thoroughly you know. Thank you, Sarah. Right. Last five minutes then. Let's move on to this weekend's fixture. As I say, they're coming thick and fast. We're playing the tabletoppers, I do believe. Leicester City. Dave, do you expect any major tactical or personnel changes for that game? Well, I'd love to see Laporte come back for this one, but um, you know, if, if not, I can see it, it being broadly similar. I think the um, you know our, our COVID secure defence may uh, may be somewhat similar. I think it will be very good to have the uh, have the uh, two man holding midfield to, to sort of hold back there because you know there are some very technically proficient and very quick players in that Leicester squad. You know, I always think Vardy is one of those players who is almost you know perfectly engineered to play against Manchester City. He's so good at getting in behind a high line and has been you know very effective against us in the past and I always worry when we're going to play him so I think you know there's some players in that squad where I will be thinking we need to be thinking about how we combat them as well as what we do with our own game and I think if we were to set up similarly and you know create that screen and be able to um, make sure that we don't get you know men sort of um, you know one centre-back stones in particular being targeted you know we can we can get a decent result there, and again, if we can keep you know Kevin De Bruyne out of out of anyone's clutches as well, that's always going to help too. Um, hopefully, maybe we have some progress on the transfer front, and there might be some uh, some new options available. I'm not hugely optimistic on that, given the uh, the rate at which negotiations have progressed, but I would imagine it being broadly similar come come the weekend. Nick, you expecting any changes for Sunday? Uh, nothing particularly significant unless there's movement on the injury front one way or another, as Dave said. But Leicester are, uh, you know, I think uh, had, well, if, if we were gearing up to play Leicester a couple of years ago when we were arguably at our absolute, absolute pomp and greatest strength, then we'd still be slightly concerned about, about playing Leicester. Um, Leicester maybe not, not quite the team they were. Uh, seven, eight months ago for various reasons. And, um, you know, we are, we are maybe not quite the team that, that that we were as well. So most teams now, or far more teams now, I think, than a year or a couple of years ago, know how they can exploit our weaknesses. Um, and Leicester, as Dave said, one of, of, of one of a number of teams now who've got, players who can on their day um, and more often than, than not potentially potentially hurt us if we're not right on it. Um, so, you know, can't take anything for granted, need a really top-class performance. 
the home advantage is is really uh, again one of those things that's really leveled out this year and probably actually to our advantage overall. Um, but uh, I suspect it'll be a fairly tight game, and I suppose actually you know it wouldn't surprise me if it was very much similar to the Wolves game actually in a lot of ways. You know, we can okay. play them off the park, but if we if we drop for any point in the game, then they're going to have chances, and uh, we will um, need to be very careful. Right then, well, let's end with your predictions for the big game then. Dave, what are you going for? Um, I can see it being a 2-1 to Manchester City job. I can't see us getting a clean sheet, but I can just see as, um, you know, some of the optimism from last weekend sort of carrying through. Sarah, place your bets. Uh, well, I think we'll win. I think Dave's right. I think we'll let a goal in. I'm going to go 3-1. 3-1. OK. Nick? I'm going to go 3-1 as well to City. OK. Just a final thought. We're 2-1 up against Wolves last night, and Pep brings on a winger. Anyone surprised by that, Dave? Do you have expected perhaps even Otamendi to make a, an appearance for a couple of minutes there, or is this just classic Pep and one of the reasons we love him? I think it's more a case of he was bringing on you know, a player who he's going to be sort of weaning into the Premier League carefully. Uh, rather than you know the fact he bought on a winger per se, he wanted to give Torres a few minutes. He's going to be probably using him, you know, maybe a little sparingly to begin with as he gets up to speed with the pace. And you know, I think it was more a case of we're in a decent position. Let's get this lad on, maybe stretch the game a little bit and give him some experience of uh, what he's going to be up against over the coming few years. And on that note, Dave, Sarah, Nick, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us. I calculate we're only. 37 games away from retaining uh, the Premier League title and claiming back our rightful crown. So here's to the season ahead. Thanks all for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye now. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? and is available wherever you got this podcast. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.